Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Okay, so, Daddy's not going to preach today. But what I will do is just give you a message. Um, this week I was in turmoil, a little bit of turmoil with the Lord. Um, because of, well, just trying to understand what he's saying, basically. And it was cool, really. But I was, Lord, why don't you just say what you want? <laughs> yeah, that's me saying that to the Lord. And he said, Digi, okay, this is what I want to say. Because he gave me a title a few weeks back. And um, I was like, well, I need to understand what, what does that mean? I don't want to add anything to it. I don't want to take anything away. So I need you to say what it is, and then that's it. And he did. So this is called Looking Forward in Love. Okay? And it is a word. I'll just wait for Elizabeth. It's all right. And it's a word um, that the Lord spoke. Because he wanted to explain what he meant by looking forward in love. Okay? Um, And I've come to realise that looking forward in love is looking forward in God. Because God is love. Okay? Um, And he deliberately put it that way. And he said to me, yes, that's what it is. Um, Because I want everyone to know that I'm so attached to this. And I want you to look forward in me. Okay? Um, So I'm going to read the word and then it will be up on the screen. And then that's it. And then all I'm going to do is just go go through it. And that's all it is. If it takes... 15 minutes, fine. If it takes 20, if it takes 30, okay, fine. But that's what it is. Um, So this is what he said. He said, going forward with me is what takes you from glory to glory. And I do not want you to settle or to stagnate in one place. For I have provision for the journey. And for each day. So move with the cloud and don't delay. I am bringing you out of your comfort zone to trust me as I move you on. There has to be progress to the higher places. Otherwise, I cannot have my glory. Do not look at yourselves and think you are small. Look to me so that you are not limited by the measure of your size. Command those things that are not as though they are. Resist the urge to stay as you were. Reach forward 
and don't hold back, for my spirit is causing you to grow and mature. Do not consider failure as the measure of your experience of success. Refuse to be limited. Just trust me and walk with me. I am not going to stop until I have all my purpose and I have all I want to do completed in you. Okay. Now I could go home now, to be quite honest with you, and say that's it, and just leave that with you. Um, but I think that it takes a little bit of unpacking because it is a fearsomely possessive word from the Lord over us. And it's to you as individuals, to me as an individual, to the church, in context with everything else. So let's, let, let's unpack it a little bit um, to see where we go. Oh, Lord, dear Lord. Okay. So go forward with me is what takes you from glory to glory. And I do not want you to settle or to stagnate in one place. God always desires increase upon increase for his children in whatever he has for us and wherever he places us. Okay, I'm, I was still writing this this morning. Okay, so it's like, he only spoke to me about it yesterday, yesterday morning, a bit, bit earlier. And I was still thinking, whoa, okay, Lord. But his desire is always from glory to glory. Okay, just like the things of the Old Testament, the greater glory that's now on, on the New Testament, he's always up and up and up, okay? No matter what he's called you into, no matter where he's placed you, you are not supposed to be flat. He is willing and able to do exceedingly and abundantly when we cooperate with his plan for us in faith. That's going forward with me. Rather than pushing into action our own plans and desires and hoping or assuming he will endorse them and come along for the ride. Okay, He's interested in his plan for us. Okay, that's God. He's a big God, but he's still God. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now to him who, by, in consequence of, the action of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes or dreams and that's him, he's able to do it and he will do it now let's speak about promotion because I know that the Lord is speaking about promotion over this house okay um, this year and beyond 
when a child of God is faithful and diligent in the process of God's will, promotion is always on its way. What am I saying? When you are working in God's will, through it, with it, submitted to it, God will always have the desire and have the opportunity to promote you. Okay? His promotion is to transform us from one glory to another glory. Promotion comes from God alone and he wants to have all his glory. Psalm 75, 6 to 7. For not from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, come promotion and lifting up. But God is the judge. He puts down one and lifts up another. Now the world lifts up, but actually God promotes. Okay, remember that. Ephesians 1.3 May blessing, praise, laudation and eulogy be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual, given by the Holy Spirit, blessing in the heavenly realm. So, that's what he wants to do. He wants to promote us. But what does he say also in this? He said... And I do not want you to settle or to stagnate in one place. It is never normally the will of God for us to stagnate or to stand still. He does not want you to stand still. He does not want you to stagnate. If you've ever seen a stagnant pool of water, you will know what I mean. It stifles the life and begins to be putrid and smelly and not good. Stagnation actually, I mean, I'll go on to it in a minute. Let me give another scripture. We'll get there. Deuteronomy 1, 6 to 8. The Lord of our God said to us in Horeb, You've dwelt long enough on this mountain. Turn and take up your journey and go to the hill country of the Amorites. Then verse 8. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and take possession of the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob, to give to them and to their descendants after them. There's no easy way to say this, but I'm going to say it plainly. Stagnation and persistent delay in life is evil. It is completely demonic. They are an evil strategy from Satan himself, and it is not the will and never will be God's plan for your life. I will say it again, stagnation and persistent delay. And I do not care what it is, 
If it is something that you are experiencing, stagnation and persistent delay in the things that you should have, the things that God promises you, the things that you have been working towards, it is a demonic thing. Okay? It's not from God. It does say in Psalm 27, 14, wait and hope for and expect the Lord. Be brave and of good courage and let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait for and hope for and expect the Lord. Patience, waiting on the Lord is a good thing. But if God is saying wait, then wait. If God is not any longer saying wait, then there's something wrong. If you are going around the same set of circumstances over and over without any profit or lesson left to learn, and you know in your heart God wanted you to move and make a change a while ago, then you know there's a problem with delay and stagnation. Now, if I'm drawing the attention to something that is troubling you, it's because God is drawing attention to something that has been troubling you. Because he knows in Proverbs 13, 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire is fulfilled, it is a tree of life. Now, if you feel that, acknowledge, just raise your hand. Okay? If you feel that there's some kind of stagnation, delay that has been in some aspects of your life. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, I do too. In the name of Jesus. Every situation, stubborn as it is, every apportionment of delay that has come out of the world via Satan's grip. I speak to you according to the word of God and by divine order. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you age-abiding doors, that the King of glory may come in. Every situation, lift up your gates now in the name of Jesus. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Yes, lift them up. Now, you age abiding doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he then, this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah. Lord, may every delay come to an end from this moment in Jesus' name. 
every stagnation finish today in Jesus' name. Let your people see the benefit and the blessing and know your goodness in every area of their lives in the name of Jesus. Okay. For I have provision for the journey and for each day. So move with the cloud and don't delay. Okay. Wherever God sends us or places us and for however long it takes for us to get there, he has promised to provide for our needs and remain faithful in doing so as long as we believe him. Psalm 37, 25 says, I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. Luke 12, 24, consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than birds? Psalm 68, 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. Amen? Amen. The God of our salvation. Selah. And to those that have joy in giving. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be, self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. That's who he is, Jehovah Jireh. But let's look a little bit to the Israelites. This business about the cloud. Exodus 40, 38 says this. For throughout all their journeys, the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day and fire was in it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel. So we know that the cloud of God speaks of the glory of God upon his tabernacle. In the New Testament tabernacle, temple, it is us. Okay? Uh, reference 1 Corinthians 6, 19. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the tabernacle. God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In Hebrews 13, 5. There is no time in your life, good or bad, joyful or sad, in victory or defeat, when the Lord abandons you. Okay? So we cannot leave. The Holy Spirit just cannot and will not leave you, no matter what, whether you are in sin or out of sin, whether you're unemployed or employed whether you're in hospital or at home, wherever you go, he's not going anywhere. He cannot. Okay. 
So what about this cloud then? Let's look at Numbers 9. It's quite a bit of scripture today, by the way. Numbers 9, 18 to 22. At the Lord's command, the Israelites journeyed. And at his command, they encamped. As long as the cloud rested upon the tabernacle, they remained encamped. Even when the cloud tarried upon the tabernacle many days, the Israelites kept the Lord's charge and did not set out. And sometimes the cloud was only a few days upon the tabernacle. But according to the command of the Lord, they remained encamped. And at his command, they journeyed. And time, sometimes the cloud remained over the tabernacle from evening only until morning. But when the cloud was taken up, they journeyed. Whether it was taken up by day or by night, they journeyed. Whether it was two days or a month or longer time, that the cloud tarried upon the tabernacle, dwelling on it, the Israelites remained encamped. But when it was taken up, they journeyed. Just because the Holy Spirit has to be with us, everything we go through or want to do. If we are honest, those of us that are a little bit sensitive or sensitive enough to know when the Holy Spirit has lifted his endorsement, then we will know whether what we're doing is pleasing to God or whether it's not. Just as the Israelites learned to follow God, we, his children, his kids, need to learn to follow the Spirit of God just as though it is the cloud of God itself, for it jolly well is the presence of God. God wants us to become sensitive and obedient enough to move where his spirit wants us to move and to move when he wants us to move. So move with the cloud and don't delay. This is what the Lord is saying. You may want to do something. You may want to be with somebody. You may wish to take that job or you may wish to stay in that job. But if the spirit of the Lord is not endorsing it, son, daughter, change your mind. Change your mind. God will not force you he will not force any of us. And I'll go into a set of circumstances for myself in a moment. But he is good and he loves us. And he knows what is best for us. And our desire is to please him. All right. Next, I am bringing you out of your comfort zone to trust me as I move you on. There has to be progress to the higher places, otherwise I cannot have my glory. The truth is, 
we cannot expect that serving Jesus is always going to be a comfortable experience. Okay? In fact, it is the opposite, often at times. God is in the business of deliberately putting us in situations or allowing situations that are outside of our comfort zone and beyond our competency. 2 Corinthians 4, 6-7, the Apostle Paul said this, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts so as to beam forth the light for the illumination of the knowledge of the majesty and glory of God as it is manifest in the person and is revealed in the face of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. However, we possess this precious treasure, the divine light of the gospel in frail human vessels of earth, that the grandeur and exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be from God and not from ourselves. God wants it to be clear that whatever we may accomplish in our lives, we didn't do it on our own. The excellence of the power is of him and not of us. So God will put us in these situations in which we ourselves and sometimes even other people can see clearly we don't have the natural talents nor the experience or skills to cope. That way, we are not able to cope without him. God wants to get the glory. He wants all the glory. The spirit of God is booming. And I, I mean booming. That he does not, he wants us to progress to higher places. Okay. Now that can mean drawing closer, spiritual maturity, but it also means physical things. I believe, now this is what I believe, I'll leave it up to you what you think, that God is calling many of us and many of us here to a higher walk spiritually and calling us to specific positions of great influence that need the greater spiritual maturity in order for us to be able to contend at that level. When you go higher, you meet bigger demons and you cannot contend in the same way you contended at your lower level. Okay. If we look at Abraham in Genesis 12, Genesis 12, 1 to 2 says this. Now the Lord said to Abraham, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. There were spiritual and practical things that God wanted to accomplish in Abraham's life that he could not accomplish while he was inside his comfort zone. And this is the same for us. The thing about a comfort zone is that it is a confinement. It's a confinement for God. Because you can 
be comfortable and cope by your own strength and power and resource. And God doesn't have to do anything. So it's a limitation to God's very character because he can't show himself strong in that circumstance. If we look at Abraham, we can see that he could not have been educated the way God wanted him to be educated, surrounded by his family. I mean, they were idol worshippers. He could not have multiplied Abraham the way he wanted to if he was already part of a larger community. It just wouldn't have worked. He had big plans for Abraham and he needed room to accomplish these things in his life. He has big plans for you and he cannot do it if you are sitting in the comfort zone. Abraham took his family approximately 600 miles from Haran, his homeland, to Canaan. 600 miles. It required an immense amount of faith to go to a place you've not been, not fully getting what is going to happen, but just trusting God. All your life you've lived in a wonderful family enclosed with everything you need and then you just take on your wife and whatever you have and move on. That was a huge risk for Abraham. When an act of faith feels really big, it is because the work that God wants to accomplish through this act of faith is also proportionally huge. There is no way to get around it. When God begins to call us out of a comfort zone in our practical life, it's because he wants to expand us beyond what we are currently doing. This can be for our finances, our relationships, our business endeavors, our careers, our education, and all other areas. Think about it. What comfort zones are God calling you out of today? Has somebody offered you something that you're pushing back on? We'll get into that. Have a think. Have a pray. Don't kid yourself. We'll get onto that as well. In January this year, the Lord spoke to us and he said this, this year there is going to be many of you put in great positions of trust. For this is the season of the Joseph, for this house. See that you pay attention to how Joseph should operate regardless of what you are called into. Has anybody been put in such a position so far this year? Oh, one there. Oh, two, three. I know Tommy is another one. I know DeAndre as well. I know Tina as well. There's a few. It's not done yet. We're just over half the year so far. Now, I'm going to give this testimony. It's a negative testimony. Now, I like the negative testimonies the best. Uh, 
when I say negative testimony, that's actually incorrect. There is no testimony that is negative. But I say negative from the perspective of it weren't great. So the Spirit of the Lord said, Deji. In fact, no, 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 no. Let me just, it was more. Sometimes you hear from Jesus. Sometimes you hear from Father. Sometimes you hear from the Holy Spirit. Right? But the way that you hear is through the Holy Spirit always. But you know the difference. Okay? This was Father. And he said, oh, I'd like you to do this. I'd like you to, to, to take this position on. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> and the reason I said that is because it, well, it wasn't in my comfort zone. It was out of my comfort zone, that's for sure. But it was time, and I didn't think I could give myself to it. Um, and also, it was tricky to even get to it. So I thought, okay. Didn't really say no, didn't really say yes. But with all these things, there's a window of opportunity. And the window closed. Right? So I said, Lord, that thing you wanted me to do, I missed it. And Lord was, he was cool, he didn't say anything. As he always is. It's up to you, son. Right? Okay. Lord, I repent for disobedience. I'd repent. I'd, I'd repented. I said, Lord, you know, you said it. I know, I know you said it, but I didn't jump at it and it's, it's gone. I can't like turn it back. I can't like say, can I now? It's gone. Did you say that? I mean, I had a little smile on my face because I was so pleased. <laughs> no, the reality is, Lord, I messed up. That's cool. That's fine. But you know what? Because I didn't do it, I saw the circumstances that happened because I didn't do it, right? It's bad. I'm not gonna say what it was, but I could see the impact that I would have had that I didn't have. I could see what I would have stopped that occurred, that if I was there, that wouldn't have happened. I could see the far-reaching effect of me not being there for one year, two years, three years, even today. I could, see the, I could see the impact of it. And I thought, Lord, is there any way we can turn this around? There wasn't. Now, what I will say to you is that regret is evil. Okay, it's not from the Lord. The Lord is always about forward, and we'll get into that. But it's evil. Don't regret. If you mess up, you say sorry. You let it go. We'll go into it. But I could see the impact. And this is why I say to you, it's a negative testimony, but it's positive. I will not make that mistake again. Okay? The impact of what God is calling you into, he only knows at the time but you will come to know at another time, okay? 
There's holes in a lot of places, in a lot of organizations, and the holes are big. And God has designed those holes and keeping those holes because the only one that can fit in that hole is you and I. The world has not got God's wisdom. God has saved and hidden such wisdom for his kids for a time such as this. If anyone here, please hear me. If anyone here has been offered something and it's a Joseph opportunity and it is just one of those things and it is scary and bigger than what you can manage to do, I will guarantee you it's the Lord. Almost guarantee it's the Lord. If, it's, if you're able to do it easily with a swagger, and it looks good and it pays well. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not from the Lord, but pray heavily. Because <laughs> you know how God works. He wants to be involved. You cannot do it without Him because He wants the glory and He wants everyone to know that you're His child. All right. Do not look at yourselves and think you are small. Look to me so that you are not limited by the measure of your size. Command those things that are not as though they are. Resist the urge to stay as you were. It's a bit of a weird thing to say. Resist the urge to stay as you were. The Holy Spirit is deliberately not saying stay as you are he's saying stay as you were in the past because he's saying as you are today is new I caught it when he said it and I really I mean he's speaking about this ministry now and I'm going to relate it to the exiles of Israel do not look at yourselves and think you are small. Look to me. When the returned exiles of Israel began rebuilding the temple under the leadership of Zerubbabel, the young rejoiced and the old wept. <laughs> Ezra 3, 10 to 13. Compared to Solomon's temple, which the grey head among the people still remembered, the new sanctuary seemed a mere stump. Their dreams of the kingdom restored to its former glory suddenly died in a day of small things. To which Zechariah responded in Zechariah 4, 7 and 10. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain and he shall bring forward the top stone amid shouts of grace, grace to it. Whoever has despised the day of small things shall rejoice. So, while the elders of Israel wept over this day of small things, the God of Israel did not. Despite his big plans, 
for his people. He did not, he was not afraid the fact that they were small, nor is the small any sure sign of his displeasure. As we so often are tempted to think, if God were really in this, things would be bigger by now. No. God had rescued them, God was with them, and God's plan would prosper even through a day of small things. Now, I really thought about this, and I know much has been said about CCF, and many are saying a lot of things, and we're all thinking one or two things, maybe. <coughs> but God is saying, do not look at yourselves and think you are small. Look to me so that you are not limited. Look to me so you are not limited. The only way to be unlimited, to be infinite, is to look at God. You know that? <coughs> we must not be limited by the measure of our size. We must command the things that are not as though they are. We must resist the urge to stay as we were last year or wherever. All right, how much more? Okay, reach forward and don't hold back for my spirit is causing you to grow and mature. Do not consider the failure as the measure of your experience of success. Refuse to be limited. Just trust me and walk with me. Now I'm gonna do this backwards. On Wednesday, um, on the Bible study the Lord asked me to talk about walking with him and all I've been getting of late last few weeks is drawing close to the Lord walking with him being with him all of the aspects being a friend of God all about being close to him when we are walking with God we draw closer to him with all our heart. It's like when you walk with somebody who you're deeply in relationship with, deeply in love with, they're right there with you. You feel them, you smell them. You're in step with them. They become the focus. Our hearts long for them. When we walk with the Lord, we align with his will because we're walking side by side. Can two walk together unless they agree? You have to be in step with him when you're walking with him. When you're constantly walking with someone, you're going to understand them better than you ever did. What they like, what they don't like. They might not say anything, but you know they're expressing something. You're going to know their heart. Walking with God is not just a time in the prayer closet. It's a lifestyle that you can only obtain through Jesus. Okay, so that's... So what is this then? What is this reach forward and don't hold back? So we see in Philippians 3, the famous verses, 11 to 14 that if possible, I may obtain 
attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead, even while in the body. So this is Paul. Now that I have, not that I have now attained this ideal or have already been made perfect, but I press on to lay hold of, grasp and make my own that which Christ Jesus the Messiah has laid hold of me and made me his own. I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own yet, but one thing I do, it is my one aspiration. It's one aspiration, he said in scripture, forgetting what lies behind. This is why I say regret, we should never do it. It's a wicked thing. Forgetting what lies behind. Forget what went wrong yesterday, last year, whenever it was. Yes, you remember it, but forgetting, let it not have influence on you today. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Straining. All your efforts should be to grasp, to lay hold of what God is saying is in your future. Straining forward to what lies ahead. It talks and speaks of effort, focus, determination. I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. Glory to glory. This is not anywhere near a passive activity, as you can see from the scriptures. Going forward to God is not passive. You cannot sit there and expect the Lord to do it on his own. You have to cooperate, participate. It's not about works or any of that, but you need to exert your will in agreement with what the Spirit of God is saying, pointing to, leading to, placing you, because you have to contend. Okay. Contend, and I say contend. Whatever is the plan of God for your life, if it's spoken prophetically, if God has promised you, it will virtually always be challenged. And a challenge from the enemy doesn't necessarily come in the form of somebody standing up or the letter that came through the post that said this was yours, somebody reneging on it or whatever. It can be an attitude sown in your mindset that stands up. Oh, I'm not good enough to do it. I'm not sure if that's of the Lord. I had a dream which kind of puts me off. Whatever it is, the devil has a number of ways at presenting himself. Contend. We need to pray. We need to pray over what God gives to us. And finally, but not finally, 
I am not going to stop until I have all my purpose and I have all I want to do completed in you. God is not going to give up on us, okay? He's not going to stop. If you missed it yesterday and the day before, God is going to produce some other opportunity for you if that one is missed. He's not going to stop, okay? If you moved out of your comfort zone, God is going to find another area of comfort to move you out of. He's not going to stop. And I I mean that in the most positive way. He's not going to stop. He's not going to stop. He's absolutely not going to stop because it will be unlike him. From glory to glory. He's not going to stop. I'll say it again. He's not going to stop, you know. He's not going to stop. He's not. He's unrelenting. Okay. He looks at you and says, what can I do today? I mean, how old am I? I'm 50. I'm going to be 53 this year. Right. And the Lord is making opportunities for me when I'm 60. I just thought I'd drop that. Yeah, he's making opportunities. Tina said to me, I'm getting close to retirement. She's talking about herself. And all these opportunities are coming. I'm not kidding. She's been to 10 Downing Street twice. She met David Cameron and she gave him a right old talking to. I've got the picture. She met Boris Johnson. Okay. She got an MBE. And I was there when Prince Charles, well, King Charles, shook her hand. She went to the Queen's funeral. And there's loads of stuff I haven't told you. But from glory to glory. And there's nothing special. Well, there is something special about Tina because she's my wife. I love her. But the point that I'm making is I have a book on what the Lord has said about what he's doing with her. And he said to me, I think it was two years ago, he said, Deji, you need to give Tina counsel. I'm going to tell you what I'm doing. And I'm telling you the detail. I mean, I write down what God says. You know that. That's what I do. But the detail is unbelievable. It's astounding. I mean, he, 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 he tells me how, what's in people's heart towards her who's doing what, what they're saying, how they're being, what she should do in that meeting, what this, da-da-da-da. I mean, it's just phenomenal. But it's a plan that he has. I'm not going to go into details. But I just want to encourage you. He's not going to stop, and he has no favourites. It's not going to stop, Mike. It's not going to stop, Karen. It's not going to stop, Claudette. He's not going to stop. He doesn't do the the stopping part. I am not going to stop until I have all my purpose and I have all I want to do completed 
in you. Isaiah 46.10 says this, declaring the end and the result from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure and purpose calling a ravenous bird from the east the man Cyrus he executes my counsel from a far country yes I have spoken and I will bring it to pass I have purposed it and I will do it I will do it Isaiah 55 11 so shall my word that goes forth out of my mouth it shall not return to me void without producing any effect useless but it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose and it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it. You know, the Lord said something weird to me. He said, your feet should always be going in the same direction as my Holy Spirit. Your feet represent your will since they cannot operate apart from your body. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? He just dropped that in there. Proverbs 4, 25. Let your eyes look right on with fixed purpose and let your gaze be straight before you. Consider well the path of your feet and let all your ways be established and ordered aright. Turn not aside to the right hand or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. It's about going forward and not looking back. Going forward and not looking back. Think of Moses and the Israelites at the Red Sea. Without looking and moving forward with God, the enemy would have been able to bring destruction, frustration and bondage. They had to cross that Red Sea in a way that had never been done before. They'd never seen it before, but they had to go forward with the Lord. I say that to you, saints, go forward with the Lord. Let the miracles unfold as you are going forward with the Lord. It's his power, not yours. He is faithful and he does not stop and he does not give up. I want to encourage you with this word, okay? Read it and read it, whatever it means for you. Let it sink in, let it minister to you. I believe it's a word in season for the church, it's for us. And God is not relenting till he has it all. Amen, that's it. Two o'clock exactly, yes. Father, I thank you that you have spoken. I thank you that we are looking forward in love. We are looking forward in you. I thank you that you have created an escape plan for us. That we would not hinder your will and your purpose for our lives. That we would not prevent you receiving all the glory. I thank you, Lord, that you have spoken and we have heard you. I pray for my brothers and my sisters and for myself.
that we will continue to move from glory to glory. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would show us what we need to know and where we need to go. That you would allow us to understand what we currently don't get. That we would be partakers in your secrets, the secret things, the future things, that we would have an unfair exam- unfair advantage to the world as it should be. That we would always be in peace, we would always be in joy, no matter the circumstance. That your word would be always true in our hearts. And that we would always, always be thankful and grateful to you, O Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 